welcome to uh, our intro week of uh, this journey that we're going to take together called uh, United. This is something that we do oftentimes uh, at this point of the year as we go into the fall. And the, the, really the point of today, the goal of today is this, is that, uh, that everyone would be encouraged to take their next steps and be a part of the journey with us. And something happens when we, when we take a journey together and you experience it, what God is going to do. And so we're excited about this season. I want to welcome again, as Alex said, all of our first-time guests every weekend at someone's first time. That's a big deal to us. That's a big deal to me. If I hadn't had a chance to meet you yet, I look forward to meeting you after service, and uh, we're honored that you joined us. We're so thrilled that you're here. Uh, as, as we look at this series, as we dive into this series, you know, this is, as we looked at this, there was so much prayer and thought that went into where we're going and, and what we're doing. And when you really look at, especially the New Testament church, it really comes down to really what we have made the main emphasis. What's the whole point? We're going to do a couple of different things over the next few weeks together, but really the goal is this, that we would all dive into the Word of God at a deeper level. You see, because when you look at the New Testament church, here are the things that are kind of the common thread is one, the Word. It's always coming back to the Word. It's coming back to what Jesus said and, and the things that were done. But then it's also relationships, developing relationships, walking with spiritual family. We talked about spiritual family last week and the power of spiritual family and what God intends to do and, and how he works through spiritual family. So the series, we're going to go through the book of Ephesians and we're going to go through it together. We're going to actually go uh, chapter by chapter. Uh, we have some different resources that we're going to put in your hand to help you as we do this together and as you engage in the word in a greater way. Uh, in a few weeks, when we actually go to chapter one, we start chapter one, we're actually going to hear from our lead pastor, Pastor Jeff Little. And so I'm excited about that, us being able to hear from Pastor Jeff week one. And then we will, each week, we're going to unpack what does chapter one, two, three, four, five, what does it mean? What does, what's God saying to us? What are the words that, that Paul is writing to us? And how do we apply it to our life? Because some of us feel very comfortable when it comes to the word and going, okay, I know how to read that. And I know how to apply it to my life. Some of us are like, where do I start? Like, how do I do that? We understand that. So we want to go wherever you're at in your relationship with Jesus, wherever you're at and how you acclimate to the word of God, being able to take it and apply it to your life. Because it's not until you apply the word of God to your life, do you live out and respond, okay, experiencing what it looks like to have your life transformed from the inside out. Because that's what happens when we get into the word of God. You've heard me say it before, the spirit of God sets you free. Right? When you come into a relationship with Jesus, it's the Spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit that reaches out to you, that meets you when you're far off. You could, as far as you think you could be from God. And yet God meets you right where you're at. So the Spirit of God brings freedom, but it's the Word of God that keeps you free. It keeps you connected, and it helps you grow. And so we're going to look at what that means. And, and again, when you dive into the Word and then you have these relationships there's something amazing that happens. You hear us talk about it a lot. You hear me talk about it a lot. Last week, I did a whole message on spiritual family because it's important. We want you to be able to experience it. But sometimes 
we also like to take the opportunity to show you what it looks like. And so we're going to hear the story of, of Cole and Mina from our Keller campus. And as I saw this story, I'll be honest, I watched it multiple times and just so amazed at how God worked and moved in their life. So let's watch this together. In my past, I had a alcohol and drug problem that like really took over my life for a good chunk of it, uh, for a bit of my life. And so every, anytime anything hard would happen, I would immediately turn to that. Feeling completely alone. That's exactly the stress around me. It's just not knowing what's happening. Just put that, it's a small little thought. And it's a thought that grows and grows and grows because you try to kick it out and then all of a sudden it's, it's already there. My mom was a single mom growing up and my mom was an atheist. And so growing up, my mom didn't want us going to church or anything like that. I mean, there's always a fear of being judged. Like, oh, man, I haven't been to church in three years. Like, I don't know how this, these people are gonna think of me. Ended up moving here and then kind of ended up kind of going church shopping. Like we didn't know what we wanted to do at that point and found Milestone eventually, and yeah. So what you guys were looking for was a community to join. Yeah. And it sounded like you were, um, you know, plugged into some different churches, but maybe not a part of a, a community. The biggest thing was that like, I mean, the, the devil's really good at this. He's, he can like convinces you that whatever you've been through in your life, no one else is gonna understand. And so like that really kept me at bay for a long time. I was having like terrible headaches. We had two ER trips and they still didn't know what was wrong. And then I finally went home after them saying that it could possibly be like a spinal fluid leak. And I ended up having three seizures. And then her whole body just starts just violently convulsing and shaking, and her eyes are rolling in the back of her head. I'm just sitting there, just yelling out to God, just please, please, please. And I mean, she's turning blue, she's not breathing anymore. And ambulance gets there and everything. She ends up having two more seizures in the house before she actually ends up getting in the ambulance. And they wouldn't even let me go with them. I mean, I was not allowed to get in the ambulance with her at all because of COVID. I tested positive, and so that was scary because you can't leave your room, you can't do anything. She's in there by herself, just a new mom, just having a baby. So meanwhile, you have a newborn at home. Exactly, while we have a newborn at home. In that moment, just completely helpless, not having anything to do because I couldn't even go with her. I remember in the hospital, it was hard being alone that entire time. Like, I felt so alone, and I felt very depressed. I reached out to the church, and I just... I mean, anything, anything, I mean, anybody talking to me right now is going to be better than what, I'm, than what I could do to myself. And so I called and I got connected with a pastor and he just prayed over everything for me. I remember getting a, a message uh, from our small group leader saying, hey, you know, there's another couple um, who needs us. Mina being in the hospital and you being a new dad with a newborn at home and me being pregnant, I just put myself in your shoes. I'm like, I just can't imagine no. what that must feel like. And it was so fun to sprint through Walmart and pile in the carts for groceries and someone else in the small group organized the meal train. And so it was just cool to see how it worked out and then to be able to pray over you guys and 
extend love to your family when you, you couldn't be there was really cool. Random people we never met bringing us food and sending us cards for groceries and gift cards and DoorDash coupons and stuff like that. And we didn't have anybody that we could have a spiritual family with and then God used this to find us that. Probably the nicest thing I've ever experienced is having all these things happen. I mean, they started to go fund me for us. Like it was, it, it, it's something like, it was so over the top that like we, we were blown away. I mean, I'm sitting here on the phone calling her in the hospital like, you will not believe like what is going on right now. This transition from everything that happened it's to now. a huge testament to God's faithfulness and I think the power of spiritual family too. Having that spiritual family connection is the opportunity to be united. I love that story. I don't know Cole and, and Mina, but I know some of the people in that small group. And that's the power of spiritual family. And I'll be honest, every time I saw, I've probably seen that video about eight times now, I get choked up about it because when you're able to walk with people, like that, that's real life, man. That's real life. People like, that's what they live. And yet here's a group of people coming together, united together for a common purpose to honor God and to serve others, and that's what happens. And that's what this series is all about. I want you to open up your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to get there in a minute. But as we look at this, and as, as you think about all that God's doing and all that he's saying, and, and you think about where did this come from, and even just the series, United, what does it mean? That's what we're all looking for. Psalms 133.3 says, where there's unity, it commands a blessing. We're, we're all looking for unity. We want, we're, we're, there's something powerful that happens when you come unified together, when you're working together, when you're honoring God and you're honoring others, people's lives are impacted and transformed. And as I saw that story, I mean, the truth is, I mean, we could have people at our Keller campus, our Hazard campus, even here. I mean, I thought about Gus and Carla, and I thought about others, especially when, when COVID first hit and shelter in place and people are watching online and, and so many of you as small groups and small group leaders serving and loving people that you didn't even know. That's the power of you. That's the power of you walking united for a common goal and a common purpose. But how do we get there? I mean, think about unity. We all want it, right? And, and, and you know what I'm talking about. I mean, you know when, what it feels like when there's not unity, right? Think of your own home, okay? Think about when you're about to go to someone's house and you got young kids. Maybe you got teenagers, right? You, you know the drill. Don't act all holy on me. You're like, you better behave yourself. I tell you, I will. Don't act holy in here. You're like, you threatening kids to an inch of their life. You better behave. We go to these people's homes. Y'all did that on the way to church. Yeah, like, you better be, you be, they better not call me out for sure. I'll tell you what, you're going to go meet Jesus in person if you do not behave yourself, okay? We, we all, why? Because we want 
unity. We want unity. We know what it feels like when there isn't unity. In the same hand, you love it when your kids love one another, right? When they engage with one another, honoring, preferring. That's my angel, my baby. My oldest is 10, or she's going to be 10. She's not 10 yet, you know. And, and so Wendy and I, I've been getting stuff together. She turns 10 this next week. And what's amazing is just seeing how uh, the younger two are so, over the last couple of weeks, it's all about, we want to get this for Camden. We want to get that for Camden. We love her. And it, you know, and you're just like, man, so I took them on, a, the two younger ones, I took them on a little daddy-daughter date a couple of weeks back. And we were out, and we are like in a toy store. And they're like, we can get this for Camden. We get this for Camden. We get this. And then I'm like, y'all getting a lot for Camden. Daddy paying for all that. Let's slow down a little bit. Y'all real generous with what, what y'all want to get. You know, that big thing, $200, no, but get that for Camden. And then get her two more of those over there, you know, and it's like, but it's, it's amazing to see why, because we want that, we, we love it when our kids prefer one another, we love it when there's unity, but how do we get there, how do we get there, that, that's the, that's the hard part, that's the, that's the thing that we're all working towards, and we're all trying to find a way to get there, and, and, and you're going, how do we, you, and you got to really just stop a minute and go, we got to figure out how we get on the same page. You know, Wendy and I, we're, we're kind of stepping into this homeschooling thing, you know, just because in, in light of all this transpired. And so Wendy's like, you know, she gets all about it. She gets dialed into stuff. She's on like Facebook friend pages and all this stuff, like learning about this. And people keep asking me, what curriculum are you using? I don't know. I've jacked it up like 900 times. I just make it up. I'm like, uh, Lerma Academy. I don't know. It's like whatever you want. You, y'all want in? You know, we can make it happen. And so it's – and, and – we're, but Wendy's like, okay, babe, this is what it's going to look like, and this is how things are going to be different. Like, either you're all in or you're not. And I'm like, well, I mean, I love you. I love them kids. I guess I'm all in. You know, here we go. And so, but Paul knows that. Paul's going, you want to be all in. You want to be united. So, so how do we get there? Paul, Paul understands that. And the whole overarching theme to the book of Ephesians is wrapped up in two words, in Christ. If we're going to have unity, and that's what we all want, we want it in our homes, we want it in our marriages, we want it in our families, we want it in our businesses, we want it at work, we want it here, we want it there. If we're going to get there, we need to be in Christ. So uh, you can't have unity without being in Christ. Unity commands a blessing, and that's where we're all trying to get to. That's what we want to do, and that's what we're going to look at in Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 3. I want to give you a little context before we start reading in verse 3. Paul's writing this letter to the, to the church in Ephesus, okay? Ephesus was a thriving city. Now, this letter was unlike the letter that he wrote to the church in Corinth. The church in Corinth, they were just off the rails. They were doing crazy stuff, real kind of corrective letter. Now he's writing to the church in Ephesus. It's a large church, real influential church. It's making a difference. It's making an impact. The city of Ephesus would be what's commonly known now as modern-day Turkey. About 200,000 people. It's a port city. One of, of the ancient world at that time, one of the, the wonders of the world was his temple to the goddess Artemis. So lots of people coming there, lots of different cultures, lots of kind of idol worship. But then you also had a lot of commerce that was surrounded around the temple. Okay, so all of this is going on. This is what's happening. Well, Paul starts preaching. 
People are getting saved. Miracles are happening. Lives are being impacted and transformed. And the people of Ephesus, some of them weren't really thrilled about it. So a lot of riots started happening. People that are going, oh, well, I'm not going to the temple. People that didn't even believe in the goddess of Artemis were upset because all of a sudden now their pocketbooks are being affected because the commerce that centered around this temple. And so these riots are happening, and Paul starts off in chapter 1, starting in verse 3, with these words in this letter to this influential church, and this is what he says, starting in verse 3. Praise be to God, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. So what's he saying? You've been forgiven. You've been redeemed. Paul is writing. He's saying, look, it's not all this religious activity. It's not all these different things that you're trying to accomplish and do. It's simply this one principle. Jesus made a way. He died for you. He forgave you. He redeemed you. That's what Paul is writing here. He says that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will. Anyone wondering, God, what's your will for my life? God, what are you up to? What are you doing? Why are things happening the way that they're happening? You're going, God, what are you doing? Paul's writing. Let me make plain the mystery of the will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. Verse 10. To be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment. You know, I talk to a lot of people. And it's, oh, well, this is what I want to do. And this is what God's doing. This is what I think I need to do. And we, sometimes we forget about God's timing, not just what God may be speaking for you to do. Timing is important. You're waiting on, God, what are you doing? What are you up to? What's your will? Can you hurry it up? Anyone ever been there before? You've heard those preachers? God's never late. God's never early. He's always Right on time. You heard it too. We don't like it when we feel like he's not on time, but the truth is that's true. He has a timing and a fulfillment for what he has to bring what? Here's the purpose. Here's the fulfillment. To bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. You're wondering, God, what are you up to? What have you been doing? What's going on? Why are things happening the way that they're happening? He's bringing unity. He's bringing unity. In eight verses, five times, he says either in him or in Christ. I think Paul is trying to get a message across to us. That if we're going to have unity, if we're going to be, because whatever you're united to, you'll become like. And we're united to a lot of things. We got a lot of things that we're tied to, that we associate with, that we're united to, that we want to be a part of. And when you start playing that out, if when you really look and evaluate, you start recognizing, I don't know if I want to become like that. But rest assured, what you're united to, you will become like. 
but it doesn't have, if you start evaluating your life, you're going, I don't know if I want to be like that. It doesn't have to be that way. Paul's saying you can make a change. You can change things up and you can live a different way and you can, you can operate in a different way. I, I'm guilty of it. You start looking at, at your life, and, and I think even for me, sometimes I'm guilty of this. I can, when I'm sharing and, and I'm, I'm sharing God's word with you, I can kind of box it into, you know, oh, when you're, when, you know, in this season, you know, in COVID, in shelter in place, you're experiencing all these things. Prior to COVID, you felt scattered. You felt isolated. You, you felt divided. Have you ever felt those things before? Absolutely. So what Paul is writing to, I'm not just saying this because of the climate that we currently live in within our culture or a global pandemic or within society. We can feel those things on any given day. So how do we find unity? How do we live in Christ? What is the solution? And that's really the thing. We are all looking for the solution to live in Christ. What is the solution? How do we get there? The solution it's simply this, to become whole in Christ. And for that group of people, as they become whole, for them to join together and to fulfill and move forward God's agenda on the earth. To see the lost saved. To serve others. But that only happens when we come together in Christ. You see, I love when I talk to people and they have that aha moment. You ever had that aha moment? It's like, boom. It you know what aha means? Actually having answers. That's what aha means. It's pretty good, huh? I don't know if that's really what it means. But it sounded good to me when I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, if anyone knows, what does aha actually mean? I mean, you know, I mean, hey, work for me. I mean, you're going to leave here and like, you know what aha means? Actually having answers. They're like, that's not what that means. It probably means something else. But actually having answers is pretty fitting. It's like, man, I actually have answers. Aha, I know what to do. I love when people have that aha moment of going, I know, I get it. I get it now. You see, because there's a lot of people that have a lot of religious activity. They have a lot of religious association. They have a lot of, I checked the box, I went to service, I attended a small group, I did this activity, I served, I gave, I did all that stuff, but you can do all those things and not live in Christ. It's not until you have that aha moment that you recognize, what does that look like? How, how do I walk in the fullness of living life in Christ? You see, because an aha moment takes you from simply going to church to actually being the church. To living it out, experiencing it in your own life. And you're going, okay, Pastor Chris, well, what do I do? What do I need to do? Just give me the checklist. Anyone in here, you're like that? Give me the three steps. That's why some of you, you're like, Pastor Chris, can you just get through all this? Give me the three points you always give at the end. You know, you're going to give me those three real practical things to do. We're going to give that to you because we want to help you. But this is not about self-help. Because all of this is centered on God's word. Because when that word gets inside of you, and then you start living in relationship, true relationship in Christ and with others, it transforms you. It transforms who you are. And you don't have to be perfect. You just start finding, wow, God's working and moving in my heart and my life. And he's doing things in me. It's nothing that you do. It's like the rich young ruler in Mark 10. Tell me what I must do to inherit eternal salvation, eternal life. And Jesus said, it's nothing you do. It's, it's this right here. It's a heart issue. It's transformation from the inside out. This isn't about an emotional response. 
Any of you get real excited and passionate about things? I do. You've been around me. Some, there's times where, you know, I'm around. I get real, when I get dialed into something, I get real dialed into it. Anyone else like that? Like if I'm going to do something, there's a couple of guys in the church, and they're like, come mountain biking with me. I think I've shared this story before. And I want to. I really do. But I got to, like, gauge myself because if I get into if I stick my toe in that water, I'm going to tell you right now. I want the best bike. Give me that good-looking helmet. I want the. Gl- I want to be all in. You know what I mean? Like if I'm gonna do it, let's get all in. I get real passionate about it. But what I'm talking about when you're in Christ, this isn't about emotion. It's not about hype. It's about transformation. Because when I was 19 years old, I had a lot of passion, a lot of emotion. I had a lot of things I got stirred up and excited about. But when he came into my life and he transformed me from the inside out, something happened. And I was never the same. Never the same. Because when you live life in Christ, it transforms you from the inside out. So how do we do that? How how do we get there? How do we not just try and uh, have this emotional response, but we understand, okay, I want to live in Christ. Well, here's what happens when you live in Christ. Here's the first thing. First thing is this. When you're in Christ, you're joined to him. This isn't a mental ascent to him. This isn't all about not, you can have all the knowledge in this book. You can have read this front and back more than once this year and still not be in Christ. This is not about going to church. This is not about doing the right things. This is not about having friends that are in Christ. All of that is around Christ. That doesn't mean you're in Christ. You see, when you're in Christ, you're joined to him, which means his desires become your desires. Because what you're joined to and what you're united to, you become like. And all of a sudden, God starts transforming you and starts changing you and what you're passionate about, what you put your time, treasure, and talent to, it starts to change because what I'm joined to, I become like. It it transforms me and it begins to work. And I I love what John writes in in John chapter 1 because you're going, okay, well, I want to be joined to Jesus. Well, who is and what is Jesus? We can look at all the things Jesus did and go, well, does that mean I need to perform miracles and I need to heal people? I need to preach. And I don't know. The greatest, I think the, 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 the biggest picture of the fulfillment of who Jesus is is in John 1 when John says this, that Jesus is grace and truth. It's not either or, it's both and. He's both at the same time. Now, most of us in here, we're one or the other. And sometimes we're one or the other all the time. Sometimes we're one or the other depending on the circumstance or situation. You know, sometimes it's, it's Christians that become the biggest barrier to those who don't know Jesus because what happens is we wonder why when we have a loved one or a friend, why are they acting that way? They need to act like they're in Christ. Well, they don't have Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Why are you surprised they're acting like someone who isn't living in Christ? Of course they're going to act that way. They're going to respond that way. They're going to live that way. That's where grace comes in. Now, does that mean there's no truth? No. There's still truth. You speak love. Truth in love. You share. You work. You grow. And people begin to change, and God begins to work in their heart and their life. It's both ends. It's why sometimes we have a hard time when it comes to forgiveness. Paul talks about forgiveness in Ephesians, and we're going to look at it. See, we have a hard time for, for, with forgiveness because when someone does something to us, our first thought can be, well, what about them? 
Like, I, I've got to be the one that, that I forgive you. I'm sorry. Well, what about them? That all goes out the window when you're in Christ. How do you do that? How do you live that out? How do you, how do you stand from a different vantage point and respond correctly in that way? And we're going to walk through that. You see, because when you're joined to something, it brings a measure of impact and it brings a measure of definition. We all join ourselves to all kinds of stuff. Think about it. You went to a school. Anyone have a particular? I've been, I find myself, I'm missing college football. I just kind of like just, it's like I keep just gravitating. I, it's like every week I have these college football analogies, you know, hook them horn. You know, when was the last time you're like, no, rock and roll. That's what that means. I'm like, no, that means hook them horns. Okay. That, you know, think about it. You're a part of you're a part of something. You do when you join something. You do all sorts of crazy stuff. You drink the Kool Aid, right? You, I mean, I heaven forbid. I pray for all you Aggies in here. You know, you got whoopsie. Yeah, I mean, whoop, you're swinging towels, wearing overall. What's wrong with you? Jesus, touch them now, Lord. I mean, Baylor fit sick them bears. I feel bad for the horn frogs. You know, horn frog. I mean, what is that like? Killer horn frog. I mean, but you do it. And you wear your purple. And you say your chants. And you make these weird noises. And you yell. And you do. Why? Because you joined something. You're a part of it. God joins you in a relationship. You're married. Can I tell you something? Wendy, she had us all dialed in the hand sanitizer before it was even in. Thanks to COVID. I'll come home there be times. Wendy, be, I, we, I kid you not, we'd be sitting down. In a matter of five minutes, she'd get up and wash her hands about 15 times. I'm like, babe, what are you doing? And she, oh, nothing. I said, did you watch a show on the Discovery Channel about germs again? She's like, how did you know? I said, because you washed your hands like 30 times. And she's all like, I mean, when it, when it was like COVID and we didn't know, I mean, we, it was like this. Uh, she is like she installed this like sanitizing thing. When you walked in the door, I had to like de-robe and spray me and wipe everything down. I mean, it was like. But you know what? That was real inconvenient. I didn't have fun, but I'm joined to that girl, and I love her, and I love my kids. So guess what? I'm going I'm to be a part of that. Sometimes, though, the danger is we'll join things just for the benefits. Anyone a Kroger member? <laughs> you can thank me that they ask you for uh, your phone number because every time I'm in there, I'm like, I don't got that Kroger card. Yeah, give me another one. What's your phone number? You know, now you can just give the phone number because I never had those little tags. But you know what you do? You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll join that because I want to get that cereal at $1.25 off. And what happens is we have a lot of people at times who go, I want to I I join Christianity and a part of the church to get the benefits, but not really actually live what it looks like to be in Christ. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Because we think if I join, then I'll get the benefits. But, but the truth is, the real benefit is not in attending. It's not in joining. It's not in being a part. It's not in giving or serving. That's all byproduct. It's about being in Christ. So when you're in Christ, you're joined to Jesus. Here's the next thing, is when you are in Christ, you begin to see yourself a little bit differently. You begin to understand what it looks like, and it changes how you see yourself. You see, in Christ is the biggest banner over the book of Ephesians, but probably the next biggest banner and theme in the book of Ephesians is about your identity. It's about how you see yourself. And oftentimes, the biggest challenge for many of us is we don't see ourselves correctly. 
We don't sit. That's why relationship is so important. How many of you ever had someone in your life that not just calls you out, but calls you up? Let me tell you what I see in you. Let me tell you where you're going. Let me tell you, hey, don't act like that's not who you are. When you do that, it looks this way. That's not who you are. This is who you are. And when you start learning that and you learn how to do that, you do that with your children, you do that with your friends, you do that with your spouses, you do that with people you lead. And what happens is when you come in Christ, when you start walking and living a life in Christ, you see yourself differently. You start walking in a measure of security. And, and there are many of us at any given time, at any given moment, a global pandemic or a simple transition that wasn't caused by a global pandemic. You start wondering, well, who am I if I'm not married? Who am I now that I'm divorced? Who am I that I can't uh, play sports the way I used to or go to school the way I used to? Who am I that now I have to work at home and not in the office? Who am I now that I lost my job? Who am I now that I don't have that position? Who am I now that I don't have that title? Well, unless you know who you are in Christ, you will always wrestle with that fear because you feel like you're never enough. And the fulfillment of that only comes in your relationship with Jesus and knowing who you are in Christ. Only secure people can help insecure people. Help them begin to go, no, 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 no. What you did is not who you are. That shame, what you did is not who you are. This is who you are. Let's walk in a measure of security and being confident, understanding, knowing who I am in Christ. You see, when you look back on chapter 1 in the, that section of 8 verses, all of that comes down to this overarching theme and thought of the fact that you are chosen, you're forgiven, you're adopted, and included in a plan that God has for you. That, that He is forgiven you and you are not what you did. But here's who you can become. My prayer is this, is it, as, as we go through this over the next few weeks, is that so much of the word of God in the book of Ephesians gets in you that it transforms who you are. Because that's really what it is. It transforms you from the inside out. That we learn what it looks like to really grow in our relationship with him. To understand what that looks like and to allow his word to transform who we are. And transform how we see ourselves. But then here's the third thing. That when you're in Christ, you grow. You grow. You become more hungry for the word of God. You become more grateful for the word of God. And if Jesus comes into your life, you will grow. You won't have it all figured out. You don't have to be perfect. I say it all the time. It's not about being perfect. It's about making progress. Just put one step in front of the other. You will grow. That's our heart. That's why we've done this. That's why we do things like this. We want you to grow. We want you to grow. And not so you grow so you feel real good about yourself. You may feel good about yourself. But when you start to grow, can I tell you something? You start to reproduce. Oh, what does that mean, Pastor Kyle? Like, are, are you saying I'm going to get, yeah, I've always wanted to get married and have children. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Now that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, hey, well, you know what? Uh, uh, I, I, look, let me, I've walked through this. Let me help you a little bit. Oh, you're, you're having a challenging season in your marriage? I, I can relate. Let me tell you what, you know, it used to be like over here. Really? You and Susie had a problem? I would have never thought. Y'all are all, 
And you just don't know. Well, let me help you. That's what begins to happen. That's what growth looks like. You see, it's why we've done what we've done when it comes to this participant guide and why we do small groups. The team has put so much work and energy. Pastor Jeff, the teaching team, all of us have put so much time and energy into this resource because we want to equip you to be able to grow. We have taken the book of Ephesians and basically broke it down week by week for you to be able to go through it. It's interactive. It's engaging. You may go, I don't really know how to. A lot of times people are really nervous and don't really understand how to engage with the word of God. So we took the time of going, hey, how do we help you do this? And whether you're seasoned at like, oh, I read the Bible all the time. I get all sorts out of it. Awesome. Then you'll enjoy this. You're going, I don't know how to read the Bible. I don't know what it means. How do I make it real to me? Awesome. You'll enjoy this. Why did we do that? Because we want you to grow. We want to take this resource, we want to put it in your hands, and we want to help you have the Word of God become real to you every single day so you can grow. All we've done is try and make a template for you. Make a template for you. So it's the Word of God that does this, but then it's also relationships. I want to encourage you. We have these outside for you, and we want you to grab one if you're going to be a part of a united small group or you want to be a part of a united small group, you may go. And we've encouraged, you've heard me, I've encouraged many of you, you know, if you haven't taken your next step with 301, do 301 even more than a united small group, okay? If you can do both, do both. We want you to do both. But sometimes you're in a position where you have to choose because you don't have the time. At least not early in the morning or late in the evening or afternoon. But maybe think outside the box. Who could you gather with during the day? Maybe you could do a united small group. Who's around you that you can just invite that you could do a group with? You just simply say, hey, I'd love for you to come and be a part. I'd love for you to come and, and help me out here. And I'd love for you to, to come and... and join me as we kind of do it. You go, well, I, I can't. I can't. Yeah, you can. In fact, now guess what? You're a small group leader. We just commissioned you. Small group leader. There you go. If there's more than one of you, you're a small group leader. You're like, awesome. Okay, great. I talked to a couple after the first service. They're like, hey, we wanted to, you know, we were going to do 301. We're going to still do it, but we'd love to do it. I'm like, awesome. Get after it. Let's do it. Why? Because at the end of the day, we want you to just, what could happen if you started having those type of conversations just over the lunchroom table, at your office, at your work, and you go, well, who could, who, ask yourself, who could you meet with? Who could you have a small group with that's in your circle? Could be just you and a spouse. Could be you and a spouse, an adult child, I mean, uh, uh, an adult son or daughter, you know? It could be, uh, you know, your, your business partner. Whatever it is. But what could happen? All across Collin County, you start having these small groups. You see, we've put all sorts of resources together. In fact, if you are a part of a group, you can go to milestonechurch.com backslash united. All the resources are there. You can download a booklet if you'd like. You can grab one on your way out. And listen, here's what I'm asking you to do. Okay, don't just grab it. If you're like me, you're like, hey, if it's free, it's for me. I'll take 10. 
Okay? We put a lot of time in it. And I, you're going to see when you see these books, we didn't cut any corners. We, we, we went all out to ensure that you had what you needed to be able to put something great together for you. So don't, don't get this book and then just throw it in your back seat, right? And you never look at it. Use it. Put it to good use. Put it to good use. Meet with other people. But you can go to that website and you can get all the resources you need. If you are a current small group leader, like you signed up to lead a small group, we have our, your uh, small group leader boxes on the way out. We have a packet. We put it all together there for you to know how to lead a great small group. You can go to the website. There's all sorts of resources there. I'm so grateful for our small group team. They put all this stuff together. I mean, there are icebreakers on there. There's activities. Like, have a pizza night. Have a nacho night. Do whatever. I mean, we have made it very simple. Here's how you lead a group. Here's what a great group looks like. Here's what a successful group looks like. Here's what you can do. Here's how you do it. Because so many people go, I can't lead a small group. I mean, what, I don't have a theology degree. I mean, I don't I mean. I think I've read the Bible of like a couple of chapters once or twice. Listen, just take this book, get some people and gather together and y'all take the journey together and watch what God will do. What could happen? I'm going to pray for you here in a minute. I'm going to invite Barbara to come. But as you're seated here, my challenge to you and my encouragement to you is this. What could you do to take that next step? Where you go, God, I want you, I want you to be a part. I want to be a, or I want to be a part of what you're doing. I want to be a part of how you are. I want what you're passionate and excited about. I, I, I want you to make that what I'm passionate and excited about. What could happen in our families? What could happen in our homes? What could happen in our neighborhoods, our communities? What could happen in our business when we start living that way? You may be here today, though, and you're going, I've, I don't even know what that means, though, to live in Christ. I've never given my life to Jesus. Like, how do I do that? Like, I, I totally relate to Cole. Like, I'm a, I'm a mess, and I turn to all sorts of other things rather than Jesus. You can be in Christ, too. Jesus died for your sin, your guilt, and your shame. You may feel guilty for what you did. Well, you should. You go, I should? Well, yeah. Well, what you did probably wasn't good. That's why you feel guilt. But you don't have to live there. What you're really wrestling with is shame. That's different than guilt. Shame is what I did is who I am. And that's a lie of the enemy. What you did is not who you are. Jesus comes and makes all things new.